Hello and welcome to Take Two Actors Agency, the podcast. This is the podcast where we will speak candidly to industry experts and learn how their experiences can help aspiring actors, directors, casting agents, producers alike navigate the TV and film industry. Here at Take Two, we want you to get involved. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Take Two Actors Agency, where we post free material that will help you improve your acting skills. If you have any questions that you want us to post to our guests, be sure to send us a message. Welcome back, everyone, to the Take Two Actors Agency, the podcast, and actually our final episode for season one. So where has the time gone? Today, we are really lucky to be joined by Claire McGinley. So Claire's background has been in casting for film, um, RTE drama and Druid Theatre Company. And she's also worked alongside industry leaders like Maureen Hughes and Bow Street Talent and John Carney. But now she brings her industry knowledge to Spotlight as a professional development consultant where she's helping to expand Spotlight's network to Ireland and the U.S., So I think Claire has a very interesting perspective on the whole casting world, and I'm very excited to pick her brains today. So thank you so much for joining us, Claire. Hi, Shauna. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I know. Very good. Thank you. I remember I was trying to chase you for a while, but you're a busy woman. Yes, I'm here now. I'm here. Very busy woman. (laughs) So as I said to you before we start, and guys, you're used to this now, we start with our icebreakers. So I'm going to fire five questions at you. Don't think... Just say the first thing that comes to your mind, all right? Okay. Cool. Number one, what was the last film you watched? Judy. Judy. Okay, where can people watch that? Um, I uh, bought it on Sky Store um, because I'd missed it. I really wanted to see it in the cinema, um, especially the Stella cinema. I thought it was a Stella kind of film uh, to have a cocktail and recline oh, on the page, the but, uh, I know but I missed it then and the cinemas were closed so yeah I just got it on Sky Store and absolutely loved it so amazing good. amazing so Judy um yes. who is your favorite actor or one that you're kind of keeping an eye on at the moment oh well one of my favorite actors is Daniel Day-Lewis not keeping an eye on him because he's, <laughs> he's retired now. yeah Apparently, hopefully he'll come back. I know, I'm hoping for um, like a reboot of something. <laughs> yeah, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, who I really like is, um, did you see The Cry with Jenna Coleman? I loved her in that. That was uh, the story of a, a baby going missing in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, but she's a, a British actor. And yeah, I think she she was amazing in that. Okay, so we will keep an eye on her. Um what would you say is the toughest thing about your job? Um, I suppose it's that there's so many, um, there's so many people to reach, you know, it's, and it's hard. Uh, I, I'm dealing a lot with casting directors and agents and, you know, especially in lockdown, we're trying to uh, reach out individually to each one Um and by the time you do that, it's it's almost time to start again, you know, mm. and get back in touch again because it's been so long. Um, so that's that's probably the tough bit is just 
the the volume of people that you want to stay in touch with when when yeah. it's quite a small team. Yeah, absolutely. So what is one thing that you are looking forward to this year? Hmm. Uh, work-wise? Life-wise. Life-wise. Um, I'm looking forward to being able to leave Dublin again mm-hmm. and, you know, go anywhere, yeah. uh, go to a different county or go to London. I, I'm really looking forward to going back to the London office because I haven't been there since February of last year. Oh, that was wow. our last work trip. So, yeah, I really miss doing that. We'd go over about once a month. So, yeah, I'd really like to go over and see everyone in person. And um, I'd love to see a show, oh, no. particularly a musical. <laughs> I know. I was only talking about that with girls the other day. And I'm like, guys, that moment when you walk into the theatre again for the first time, it's going to be so exciting. Like, I feel like everyone's just going to be on their feet after every song. Just... Yeah, because um, last year, my plan was at the end of last year to to go to New York to see Music Man with Hugh Jackman. But obviously that was put on hold and I think it's going to be 2022 at this stage. But um, I I really just hope that goes ahead and Mm -hmm. that I get to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And last question. What is one thing that people misunderstand about the industry or something that you wish that people understood about what this industry is um I think a big thing that people misunderstand is the amount of people involved um behind casting a show or a film or a theater production yeah, it's not just the casting director in the room saying, yes, I like you or no, I don't. Um, they have to get it approved. So whoever they like, they have to get that approved by so many people above them and the execs. And there's a lot of a lot of politics involved as well. So often I think actors might, might say, or agents going, oh, that casting director never casts me. But if they're calling you in, they're obviously trying to cast you yeah. many, many times. Um, so I think... Uh, not to get disheartened by that. If they're calling you in, they want you, um, but maybe they're not able to get you totally across the line. But there's a lot of uh, fighting behind the scenes for the actors. That's one thing that I think we've spoken about a lot on this podcast so far is like, from casting directors' perspectives, they're like, we don't just bring you in for a number. Like, we don't do that. That's a waste of everyone's time. So if we're bringing you in, we like you. We think you're good and you need to kind of take that even as a compliment that you are even getting called for castings and then it is the higher-ups per se that have the final say so yeah I'm glad that you've said that because it just reinforces what we've said before so guys if you're getting called in for castings from casting directors but you're not landing those roles that's not on the casting director they are calling you in for a reason so you have been in this world in lots of different capacities so what made you want to get into the TV, film and theatre world in the first place? Um, well, I was studying English in UCD and, you know, I was always really interested in films and TV drama and scripts and reading and all that. Um, so I was very interested in that world. I, I knew I didn't want to act. Um, like in school, I would have done some, you know, school productions directing them and writing them but I, I'd never wanted to be in them 
Uh, and I said to my uncle at the time when I was in college, um, and he's an actor, I was just saying, what, where should I start or where do I look? I don't, I didn't really know at all. And he said, well, why don't you get in touch with a few Irish casting directors and just ask for a meeting and they could give you, you know, a sense of the kind of different jobs out there besides acting. So I made a list, went on to IFTN, made a list of actors. He gave, gave me a few names as well. And the first one I got in touch with was Maureen Hughes. And before I even had a chance to email anyone else, she called me because I'd put my email I put my number on the email. So she rang me straight away while oh, she was wow. driving in the car from Galway. <laughs> um, and she was like, yeah, I would love to meet you. Come in um, in a couple of days or whenever it was for a chat. And that was it. Then we met and she said, well, I'm actually looking for an assistant for three months on a new series, Raw, which was starting at the time for RTE. And I ended up staying five and a half years. So, yeah. uh it wasn't really a choice. It just kind of happened. Yeah. You were part yeah. of the furniture in that place. Like, yeah. Literally. <laughs> so I, uh, just a little tip of information here. I did work experience in TY in Maureen's office, but like mostly working with you, Claire. Yeah. It was so much fun. Like it was I great, loved it? it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I think that was probably what gave me the taste of like, yeah, I'm going to work in this industry. Like maybe not as an actor, but like I'm going to work in this industry in some capacity. Yeah. So yeah, you just slotted in as well, and <laughs> no one could believe you were in transition year because you just seemed much more grown up, and which yeah, is that's, great. That's you know, Pamela's, like, that's Pamela's training. <laughs> yeah, you weren't there. a mute in the corner going out. No, you were just no, getting no, on no, with no. it. Just do the job. <laughs> um, so, how was that experience? Like five and a half years with Maureen Hughes, like one of the most respected casting directors in Ireland. And you were kind of the front lines, essentially. Mm. So how was that experience for you? Yeah, it was it was brilliant. It was, um, you know, a steep learning curve. I remember on the first day, she gave me a script and she said, oh, break that down. And I didn't know what that meant. I was like, what, what's a break down? Break what? Uh, break what where? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was terrifying. And um, Theresa Ging was there as well. She was she had been more insistent before me and they were still then sharing a office space. So she was there and that was great because she was able to, you know, explain things to me on my level, you know? Um, and I think, you know, when you're a casting director, you forget people don't know these basic yeah. things. if They don't even know what a breakdown is. So um, that was great having her there as well to show me all the, the ins and outs of things. And then, with Maureen, it was brilliant because she involved me in everything. So uh, she wasn't, you know, I know I, I hear of some people's experiences. They don't get to be in the auditions or they're not in the meetings or they're not really involved in the process. Whereas Maureen had me involved with everything from the beginning. So I think that was really important that I was with her and the director and the producers all the time. So I was part of it and I was also picking up a lot by watching them and listening to them. Um, so that, that was really, really good. And I was really lucky in that sense. Yeah. And I'd say like the big projects during that time would have been like Love Hate was probably yeah. the main yeah. thing for you guys. So were you involved in like in the room with Tom Von Lawler, all that jazz getting cast. Yeah, yeah, cool. all of that, and it was really exciting. I remember the day I read the, the the script, and it was for the first series, which was sort of like a pilot. It was mm. very short, 
And I just remember saying to Maureen, I love this. Um, it's brilliant. I was really excited. And she was going, okay, is it great, great. And she was so happy <laughs> as well that, that I loved it. And um, obviously Stuart Carlin had written it and she had worked on a play with him a few years before called The Empress of India. So they already knew each other. And I had seen that play twice actually and loved it. So I was really excited. It was him. I didn't know him besides that and I hadn't met him. Um, but we had worked with um, the same team on Raw. So the first half of the year we'd be casting for Raw and then the second half would be Love, Hate. And it was the same producer, Suzanne McCauley and director David Caffrey. So that was really good that we all kind of had foundations then going into love hate uh that we all knew each other because we were working together then for for five years on that's so hate. cool yeah, yeah I remember one of the days someone from love hate came in and I was just like <laughs> oh my yeah. god it this just gripped so cool. the country didn't it <laughs> people were obsessed yeah I think it's rerunning at the moment isn't yeah it? I'm watching it again um oh. so it's I think it's series five now um, oh it's all the the undercover stuff with Nidge and um, then John Connor's character uh, is after him. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's great watching it again. And I, I think actually it's ten must, years now. I must watch that like from start to finish because I was very young when that started coming. Yeah. So mom and dad were like, maybe no, maybe not yeah. your thing right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but now yeah, I'm just pretty, like, I can, I can watch violent. this. Pretty violent, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it, it is such a it's part of the furniture in Ireland. Like it yeah. literally became just part of normal day, everyday discussion. Yeah. Um, so it's so cool that you were involved in that. From from that experience, like what would you say was maybe your big takeaway, or were there a few things that you just thought were invaluable pieces of information that you were taught or exposed to? I think um Sure, Carolyn was such a big influence on us all for that because he was the creator. And then from series two onwards, I think he was um, producer. Um, I think he was an executive producer, maybe. So he had a lot of uh, influence on it. It wasn't like he was just writing it, handing it over, mm. and it was all the decisions were being made elsewhere. He was very much a part of it. So I think that was very important that his stamp was on it and his vision yeah. got carried through and it made it to the screen it wasn't all cut out um and with Stuart he just really wanted authenticity so we were meeting and auditioning people from all parts of the community and all parts of the country we weren't just meeting you know trained actors fresh yeah. out of drama school it was well look everyone. at Barry Barry Keown yeah exactly <laughs> Barry like we'd met uh, Peter Campion, we had seen him in his graduate show that day, and we were like, "Okay, we need that guy," because oh. we were really, we were, we were really stuck in his role for a while. So we we're like, "Okay, that's him." You know, we were just always kind of casting on the go wherever we went. We were looking out for people, like on the street, in the shops, you know, wow, everywhere. So that was a great influence with Stuart because he did so much research as well. You know, anything he wrote about. He, he had researched so much, you know, in terms of uh, funerals and hospitals and how how all the different people were living and working and mm. all the language he was using. You know, he that was all 
true and genuine and he wanted a, a lot of genuine people as well for some of the roles you know yeah. rather than people pretending yeah I think that's that's interesting for people to hear like it's not because so often I hear like I had someone who was 16 to me to me the other day being like oh I think I'm too old to start and I'm oh, like no excuse me no <laughs> like but you also hear that from people say in their 20s in their 30s they're like oh, I'm too old to be starting this it's like mm. But the thing is with casting, they want normal people. They want yeah. everyday run-of-the-mill people. If you have any way inclination towards the camera and you're not uncomfortable in front of it, there's no reason why you can't. So I think that's great that you're exactly. saying that like you guys were casting everywhere, like in the shops, like yeah. literally yeah. whatever. So I think that's a really good point for people to bear in mind. You're never going to be too old to start or like it's you can fall into it. And that happens with a lot mm. of people. Like, Yeah. And as well, you know, so many graduates coming out of school are, would be of a similar age. Hmm. So there'd be a lot of people in their early 20s uh, yeah. coming out every year. Whereas if you come into it, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you're going to be in demand because you're going to be a new face, but also there'll be less people in your category graduating every year so it's probably a smaller pool um so that would be a bit of an advantage as well absolutely so for people say like in college now kind of obviously with graduate shows it's not ideal right now but in Mm. general would you go to all of them like would you guys yourself and Maureen make an outward effort to make sure that you're seeing these fresh faces yeah um we would have gone to everything and I suppose as well in in casting the directors um are always looking for new faces like often producers want familiar faces and big names but directors were like oh I want someone new and or the writers were like yeah let's get some new people into this um so yeah to get the new faces you need to go to everything and uh you know yeah it's your job to 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 find these new faces and to see them in action. Um, and then you might set up a meeting after someone's show uh, to have a chat with them or, you know, give them some some lines for, for whatever you're working on at the, at the moment to test them out. So it's always good, I suppose as well, because they're just graduated, they're fresh from training and very eager. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good time to get them. Yeah, absolutely. So when you finished up with Maureen five and a half years later, moved out of the furniture, um, yeah. <laughs> we went to Distressed Films. Um, yes. So this is a really interesting role. Um, and again, I think why I definitely wanted to get you on is because you've had very different, interesting roles in the TV and film space. So here you mm. were an EA and a script advisor. Yes. What? so yeah I was um executive assistant to John Carney and he had just um not just finished filming but uh Begin Again was just being released um with Kieran Knightley and Mark Ruffalo Adam Levine so he had filmed that in New York um but was back in Ireland and uh that was being released so I was organizing a lot of the press uh he had a lot of interviews to do radio newspaper um promotion promoting the film and at the same time we were starting on sing street so we were literally in his office 
and he was you know talking out loud with the, about the script and I was writing it and taking notes wow. um, in the factory in Barry Street so I miss that, that was place. Uh, I know so oh. good so I'd only actually gone down the corridor so I hadn't gone too far away from no. Maureen's but I was at the other side of the building um so that was brilliant and we that was 18 months from starting on the script to filming um oh wow and it was brilliant. It was such a good uh, experience. And because Sing Street was such a young cast, it was really, really fun. And, mm. you know, it was a very happy set. It was very, um, you know, there was no swearing. It was a very polite set because there was kids there every day. Yeah. I don't think there was a day Ferdia wasn't in. Uh, so, and it was nice hours because the kids oh, yeah. were licensing and everything. Yeah. yeah. So it was a uh, really, really, really good experience. Quite a difference to love hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely different. Family like, friendly to not so family friendly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd be, I remember being on set one day surrounded by hundreds of boys in their school uniform. We were filming in Sing Street and, uh, I just, I was like, what is going on? And, you know, they were all, they're all young guys, but yeah. about twice my size. They're all so tall and big in the uniform. Uh, yeah, I felt like I was a teacher or something. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was a long way from love hate. I, yeah, I would say so. So, like, as the script advisor, was it, to, you helped John essentially with like the development of that script? Yeah, I was helping him um, with the development of the script. You know, he was, uh, working on it all the time and you know we were trying to see how did things sound were they funny and then I was doing a lot of research on on things that were mentioned in it and um, fact checking things and there was a lot of stories obviously in it about the Christian brothers so we needed to check who was still alive, mm. who wasn't, um, just checking dates and things like that. So yeah, it was kind of a bit of everything, um, which was really good. So yeah, I'd be proofreading it for him, doing research on it and yeah, generally kind of keeping him motivated as well. Yeah. There, there were yeah, long days be, for him. Yeah. There'd be lulls and like being yeah. that creative all the time. It's exhausting. Mm. Like it must be tough. Um, but I think that's such an interesting role and a role that typically people would not say like, oh, I could get involved in this way. Mm. Um, so like working with writers, directors and everything, they need help. And if you're, a, if you are a writer yourself and used to do English, so like that's obviously your kind of thing, that's an amazing position to get into. Um, yeah. But there's so many things, and that's what I'm just trying to show. Like, there's so many different ways to get involved here. Yeah, there's um, so much out there. So, after Distress Films, then we moved. You were actually an actor's agent at Bow Street Talent. Yes. So, how long was I there? I think a year and a half, or two years, maybe a year and a half. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. Um, and that was yeah in Bow Street. So the factory was closed down, got got enamored. So everyone moved out and um, I went to Bow Street and um, we set up an agency there uh, 
and it was a lot of uh, kind of new new actors um, starting out or you know recently graduated. Uh, so that was that was interesting. It was you know really starting from scratch. I mean, mm. a lot of the actors you know didn't have proper CVs yes. or you know they probably not many of them were on Spotlight. So that was um, in the start. Okay, it's like okay, let's get everyone's. CVs. Let's get as many people on Spotlight as we can, and uh, start getting word out there that there's all these actors here. Mm. Um, so that was really interesting time. I I always wanted to try out working as an agent because I'd been on the other side, I'd been on the yeah. casting side, and dealing with agents all the time. So I knew what they did uh, in terms with casting directors, but um, it was good to to see what it was like to deal with actors and, you know, to get them auditions and prepare them for it and talk them through things and talk them through scripts if they wanted to do it or not. And then with recalls, with the nerves and things, and then either giving them the good news or the bad news and uh, managing The best and the worst part of the job. Yeah, I know. The best and the worst. Yeah. So I think that is interesting because you have worked from a casting director and a casting agent's perspective. Mm. So working towards the same goal but in different ways so like what did like did it help that you knew from a casting director's perspective what people are looking for and like similarly then for the casting agent because you knew how you liked to work with agents did that all help you yeah I think it really helped knowing what you know that um as I said earlier the casting directors are on the actor side so they want to fill the role they want you to get the job you know they don't want to keep casting all week. They, you know, they want to, to, to find, find their actors. Um, so that was good to know, to be able to uh, be able to pass that on to the, the clients. And I suppose it, it would have helped the casting directors I was dealing with because they knew that I knew what they were dealing with. Yeah. Um, and I knew, you know, about, uh, you know, the producers or the, the production companies and all that. I knew... Uh, how it worked, um, what the deadlines were about and what who was making decisions and things. So it was really good to have that insight. So then from a casting, like let's start with casting director perspective. Like what did you guys look for in an actor? Like what made an actor stand out to you? Um, I suppose it was that it, they seemed natural, that it didn't seem like they were acting, mm. but they just suddenly were this part or this character, uh, but it didn't seem put on. It just seemed like that's who they were. Um, I think that that's often the time you'd know, okay, yeah. like, okay, this this could be the real deal now because yeah. it doesn't feel like they're, they've learned it off. And um, especially, I, I know that directors in the room love to see them doing it a different way so often Mm. they'd ask them to say okay let's do that again but this time and sometimes actors would do the exact same way again Mm. that they'd done the first way um and then sometimes the second time they'd do completely different they'd be emphasizing different words or uh the tone would change and it'd be amazing you know then you could see okay they are flexible they can take direction and they're adapting uh which is obviously really important for 
for being on set. Yeah. And then from an agent's perspective, like when you were, say, recruiting new talent and finding new talent, what made you go, yeah, I want to represent this person over this person in their class? Yeah, I suppose um, it would be, you know, a combination of their looks and their sort of, you know, the roles that you thought they might get. You're thinking, okay, do I have anyone Mm. already like this? Or, you know, were there particular kind of trends coming up at that time of certain roles or characters or looks or accents or whatever, uh, or their style? You You try and think, okay, could could I get them in somewhere and, you know, who might like them? You start trying to, to visualize what casting directors and directors or shows, you know, they, they could end up in. Um, and you want to, you know, get on with them as well. You yeah. know, you're going to be dealing with them a lot. So that's important that you have that rapport and, you know, you obviously can't have it with all your clients. Um, but yeah, you want them to be, um, you know, decent people as well, because at the end of the day, they're going to be representing you and the agency you work for. Mm. So you don't want to be getting bad feedback uh, yeah. in terms of behavior or attitude and things yeah. like that. That's funny. That point has come up in every single episode, every really? single episode <laughs> about like, there's just no place for egos in this industry. Like no. you've got to be a decent person. You have to be nice. You have to be amiable. You have to be easy to work with and spend those 14, 15 hour days with. Um, So I think that's so funny that like it's literally come up every episode. Um, So guys, it proves that just across the board, doesn't matter who you are in this industry, the point remains the same that like egos just don't work. There's no time and place for them. And word gets around. So yeah. if you're going to be difficult or if you're treating people badly, crew, especially if you're rude mm. to the crew, good luck because... You're screwed. <laughs> yeah, you're screwed. You're not going to work with them again. They won't want to work with you. You're just going to make things difficult for yourself. And, um, you know, actors and agents would be asking, oh, who's already cast? Mm. You know, and it's not, it's not always oh because I definitely want to work with them it could be I don't want to work with them again if there has been history or a bad experience so yeah yeah it's important to remember life is long yes and this industry especially in Ireland is so small yeah it's tiny everyone knows everyone yeah like you just can't be an asshole essentially no. No. <laughs> don't can't. be an asshole guys That's the there's, the, the there's the tip of the day <laughs> <laughs> so then you moved on not too far um but moved down the hall to spotlight so yes. that's where we still are now as mm-hmm. the professional development consultant so yeah what is that like a lot of people listening will know what spotlight is mm. but what is your role within it so my role in Spotlight is um, vetting casting directors that want to join. So everyone gets vetted, agents, casting directors and actors. So I'm vetting casting directors and agents um, to make sure they are professional, to make sure they have enough credits, um, to make sure the jobs are being paid professionally. Mm. We don't accept jobs that aren't being paid because the actors pay their annual subscription to be on so the actors and the agents want professional jobs um 
it's not a place for extras, you know, it's it's speaking roles, it's for cast members. Um, and so, yeah, I'm checking out who's coming on, are they suitable, do they know what they're doing? Um, if it's from a different country, um, if it's Europe or America, we just want to make sure it's um, their local professional contract. Uh, so just checking that out checking out people are who they say they are and that they have the experience um and then when they're on spotlight um we're there for the whole time um you know a lot of the time we spend speaking with and dealing with casting actors that have been on spotlight for years that we know very well at this point um talking to them about how the site um could work better for them is there different technology that they'd like or um you know what makes their life easier and we do a lot of uh events with them as well a lot of panels um all online at the moment um with members of the casting directors guild uh which is irish and english members on it um the pma which is the personal managers association in the uk and then the csa in america um we deal with them a lot and a lot in the last couple of years, more and more casting actors from the States have been joining, which is mm. really, really Yeah, I've seen that actually. For, it's cool. Yeah, wanting European actors. So, yeah, yeah um, a bit of, bit of everything going on there. So, like, obviously your objective then is to bring, like, Spotlight start out as a UK company, to bring them more so into Ireland and the US. So yeah. are you going and contacting casting directors and agents saying, like, hey, we have this you should use it or are most people aware of it at this point to know that they ought to be using it? Yeah, most of them are aware of it now and um, we've met a lot of them uh, through festivals, especially the Subtitle Film Festival in Kilkenny every November, which Richard Cook runs. Uh, The CSA from America have started attending that now. So we're meeting a lot of them at the festivals and then we would sign them up. Um, Cool often there and then you know at the festivals or when they return you know we say yeah sign up or else they're already on spotlight um so and a lot of european casting actors obviously come to that as well they've been coming from from the beginning from from all over europe so that's great so we've got to know a lot of the agents and casting directors that way and you know when the agents are on then obviously the the clients follow Mm. um and then it's a lot uh bigger pool of actors for the casting directors to to find on spotlight you know in one place so yeah we don't really um go looking for them they come to us or or we meet them at events like that or we get introductions often a casting director might introduce us to an agent say from Norway and say I've been telling them about spotlight you know they'd like their clients to access more European roles Mm. uh could you speak to them so um it's all kind of by word of mouth really yeah I do find because obviously from the agent's perspective like a the amount of briefs I have Mm. so many emails a day from spotlight (laughs) like so many Monday's a busy one (laughs) oh my god like this morning it's just like ding 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 ding. oh thanks sweet Jesus come on um (laughs) but it's great and it's also opening opening it up massively in terms of like the European market, the US, the UK, whereas like I probably wouldn't have had access to these European-based casting directors, but through Spotlight, I I do because I'm getting their briefs. Mm. So I do think that's really, really cool. Um, 
question for you from an agent's perspective, like how do you think COVID has affected the casting space in terms of like people actually wanting to fly an authentic Irish person over, say, to the UK to play a role? Are people shying away from that? Are they trying to cast more domestically um, because of all the travel restrictions? Yeah, I think um, the traveling traveling actors around different countries has lessened. Um, but I know um, an Irish girl was cast as the lead role in Matilda. Yeah. Uh, so which is cool. brilliant. So, you know, that was, I think, the end of last year mm. that you know was sort of finalized and she she was going over and back so I think uh yeah maybe that's not going to happen for commercials or smaller projects but if it's going to be a big role in a big project they're gonna get the actor from wherever they need to come yeah. from uh which is really positive to to hear um you know that it's it's hasn't totally come to a halt yeah um and I know that sets and audition rooms and uh casting directors and studios are taking so much so many precautions um you know sets are like army bases anyway they're so strict and regimented everyone knows what they're doing so um I think it's been quite good in terms of testing and then keeping people safe on set yeah um and even you know, when people have to fly for a project, there's uh, PPE being provided, uh, specific ones to to keep keep mm. them all safe because they want the set to to keep running and the show to go Absolutely. on. Um, so yeah, I think uh, yeah, at the moment it's it's probably slowed it down in terms of where they can come from, and you know, getting to America is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it so yeah. I think hopefully now it's going to start getting better uh, later in the year with the yeah. with the vaccines. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, obviously it's slowed down a little bit now, but like when there's a will, there's a way. Like, exactly. if you are yeah. the right person, you're not going to miss out on that role because of the travel. Like, they'll make it happen. Yeah, and they'll make it work if you are the right person. Like, yeah. the, um, and the project dep- proved that exactly. Yeah, which is. Fantastic. And it probably depends as well what country you're from, what your your COVID numbers are like and where yeah. you're going. Um, so, yeah, like there's a cert- certain countries now I know agents don't want their clients to go to because the, the numbers are, are so bad. Yeah. But um, Ireland, yeah, I think. Namely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor us. <laughs> poor Ireland. Poor Ireland. Um, but I think like Spotlight's so, such an interesting platform, like the it is just an amalgamation of casting agents, directors, actors. A lot of the times I hear from actors, they're like, it's so hard to get on to Spotlight. Like you need the training or you need the credits. Like how am I meant to get that? Like what would your kind of response be to those people? Because I know for a fact, there's definitely a few listening that are just like, yeah. Ah, well, who who are they that are listening? Have they, have they trained professionally? So like time or there'd be people I've spoken to in the UK. There's people in Ireland that, mm. yeah, maybe they've trained professionally, but it was like a course rather than a yeah. recognized degree program. Yeah. Or they have like a few shorts or just a, mm. like some commercial credits, but nothing 
that kind of qualifies them? So yeah, uh, shorts now are accepted as one of the four credits, uh, which cool. is great because um, as long as they're on the, the BAFTA short film list, which is up on the website. So that came in last year, um, which is really, really good because shorts are are where a lot of actors get their experience mm-hmm. and kind of break into it. So it's really good now that we're able to accept short films as credits. Um, so I would say, yeah, encourage people to, to you know, do shorts. Uh, it's great to get the screen experience and meet young directors mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, well, you know, it's so hard now that with the theatres closed. Yeah. You, can't, you can't get a theatre credit at the moment. Um but yeah, if you can get yeah theater, short film, TV, or film, uh, TV and film are still going. So yeah, that that could be the way forward. You know, even just getting a small speaking role in film or TV that will count. Um, and maybe this is a good time to to be able to audition uh, for screen and get a get a role because. Um, there isn't any theater going on uh and i think theater or i think tv is quite busy at the moment there it seem is, to be yeah. a lot of breakdowns for tv roles so yeah i'd say keep plugging away at that and short films which are all still going on mm. um and try just keep keep trying um yeah. and try to get your four credits uh if you don't have the training and uh hopefully then you will get there soon yeah so just to clarify for people Mm. what are we kind of said it but just to put in really really simple what are the requirements that an actor has to have in order to sign up onto spotlight so they can either have full-time professional training in a drama school um hope you know ideally up to a degree level Mm. um but it could be a a course as well uh but it would have to be full time you know usually one or two years at least mm-hmm. um so that that would be in specific specific schools or specific courses that are either approved by spotlight or by equity um but each case is you know it's case by case kind of uh individual merits they they'd investigate and you know see see who they are and what they've done and where they've been so it's full-time uh training or four credits which can be a mixture of theater short film tv film um so it has to be a speaking role mm. um you know not not an extra, not an extra. Or, yeah yeah cool so guys just keep trucking keep pushing keep auditioning like there's a lot of other places to find auditions like you can if again when there's a will there's a way like you just have to keep pushing and because it is such a useful tool to be on like yeah you want to get on it um I think we've really seen especially through the pandemic actually the rise in the importance of the likes of spotlight fish pond casting workbook backstage Mm -hmm. Like they have been really, really prevalent and very useful for people. So like in terms of the techie side of things, because obviously this is the techie side um, with the casting front, like how, how big do you see this getting? Like, would you see that casting agents are maybe going to like in future become less and people go directly to the likes of these sites and spotlight? Or do you think that, 
it's still just going to be an asset? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously with, you know, people able to tape now on their phone and, you know, Zoom meetings and everything, people might think, okay, I don't need a casting director. I can do it myself. But I think there will always be a place for casting directors. The the nature of it's probably changed forever now in terms Mm -hmm. of uh, the audition room uh, being replaced by online. Um, But that's also good. That opens up uh, actors from all over the world that otherwise mightn't get get into the room. Um, But yeah, I think uh, casting directors will always be needed because... Um, you know, they do a lot of the negotiations. They're the ones who have the relationships with the agents. So they could often get get clients because of their reputation and because they've cast them before um, or, you know, that they work on very good projects. Um, they, they're the ones who get the foot in the door and they can often, uh, you know, persuade actors and agents to to read the script or to give it a chance or to give this director a chance or... You know, they always have their ear to the ground. Um, so I think their their insight is so valuable. Um, and also, you know, they are the link between the creative team and the cast. Mm. So that's good to have there. And uh, also they're neutral. You know, it's good to have someone yeah. looking out for, for the actors okay. as well. Yeah, yeah. And checking in after how they got on and all that and how things went on the job. Um so, yeah, I, I think they'll always be there. I mean, you can't join Spotlight in a casting capacity if you don't have experience in casting. So, we're, you know, when someone joins and they're not a casting director, um, we are wondering, okay, who are they and why don't they have a casting director here? Mm-hmm. Um, often they have loads of experience if they're a director or producer because they have been in the casting room for many many years so yeah you'd always be looking into that and we're always encouraging them to get a casting director um you know if they don't qualify for it we say you know we advise you to get a casting director and get them to open Mm. the account I love how vetted it is Mm. like I really like that because it just it makes the whole industry safer it makes it fairer like it makes it more like profitable essentially all around because everyone's professional about it and I think it definitely is bringing the business side of things to the creative side and like Mm. making sure they're working well together so good job guys we like it's great yeah we do Um, did you hear that we were bought this year by um an American company no yeah so that just happened last month um so it's um two American guys uh, they're based in LA um, so the we come under the umbrella now of talent systems which is the, oh. what they operate under so talent system uh, incorporates casting networks as well um, uh, cast it that, cast yes it. are you yeah I had I had a bit of a battle with cast it talent systems the other day oh really <sighs> Uploading tapes on that thing is not easy. Oh, right, okay. The, it's actually really cool though. Like you just put it under your name and stuff, but it's passwords. The joys. Okay. Yeah. Right. So no, I, I was like, where do I know talent systems from? That's it. Mm. So that's really cool then. Like actually now having the link from US, Ireland, UK, like yeah. it's very symbiotic then. It's brilliant. Yeah. And it's great as well 
for Ireland uh, geographically, we're in between yeah. the US and the UK. So that's really, really good um, in terms of, you know, projects, um, actors, all the rest all being linked. Um, so I think that's going to really open things up for, for actors as well. Um, actors in, in America for Europe and mm. actors here in Europe for America. Yeah. So I think it'll work both ways. And uh, yeah, we're very excited. That is very exciting. Um, yeah. I like that. Yay. That's cool. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, So we're kind of at the part of the podcast, we're nearly there, where I like to just give a little bit of actionable advice because it's all well and good kind of chatting about what you've done, um, what Spotlight do and stuff. But we want to really talk to the actors and those that are wanting to break into this industry. So first thing, what advice would you give to an actor who is sat at home during the pandemic, mm-hmm. not really knowing what to do with themselves, what could they actually be doing right now in order to help themselves? Um, well, I th- say if they're on Spotlight, uh, it's always good to just be updating your CV, your Spotlight profile. Um, you know, even if you think it's up to date, check again, mm. um, read it as if, you don't know yourself. Um, you don't know who, who the person is with the CV and think, okay, does it show what my native accent is? Does it show mm. what accents I can do? Are all my skills there? If you can drive, put that down. It's a skill. Think of all the things you can do that you, in real life that you could do in a film. They're a skill. Have all of them there and have your location. So when people are looking for actors based in Ireland, you come up in the search. Mm. Because if you leave that out to try and open all the possibilities to you you could actually be missing some if, okay, if Ireland isn't there or Dublin or wherever this they're, they're looking specifically you're, you won't show up if it's not in writing on your profile so think about being searched as well because um so many actors are cast uh on spotlight through the search facility it's not breakdowns you know half the jobs are from uh searches and uh, act, uh casting directors and producers and directors making shortlists um so they're they're always looking at cvs and keep that up to date have your show reel on if you don't have a show reel work on that now that's something you yeah. could be doing at home and a voice reel as well and you know pair up with your fellow actors um and keep working on on scenes as well together just to keep that muscle going um yeah. and to keep your brain going um you know, you can just rehearse some scenes together um, uh, so that, you know, you're ready when there is an audition um, and that hasn't been ages. And mm. I think read as much as material as you can and watch. Uh, there's so much on now on Netflix yeah. and Amazon and TV. Uh, check out all the the new work, uh, mm. what directors are out there now, uh, what are the scripts like, um at work on your accents all of that just keep absorbing well there is a huge list for you guys rewind listen to that again and take notes um because i think that's really fab advice so thank you for that claire next question yes what what do you think has been the best piece of advice that you have received throughout your kind of journey in this industry hmm (laughs) 
Um, I suppose it's from John Carney who said and always says, do the right thing. So when you're trying to work out, make a decision on something that you might not want to do, or it could be a lot of hassle, or maybe it's going to be hard. So if you think to yourself, is it the right thing to do? I think it makes the answer very clear. Mm. Uh, you know what you should be doing. And it takes whether you want to or not out of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think of that a lot when I'm trying to make a decision. I go, what is the right thing to do here? Not just what suits me, but yeah. what's the right thing to do? And then, yeah, you can see the way forward then that way. I like it. And last question, what advice would you give to yourself or someone in the same position as you five years ago? So first you think, where were you five years ago? Yeah, where was I? Was I in the agency? 2016-ish? Yeah, I think I was still in the agency. I think, um, yeah, at that point, um, I knew I wanted to work with Spotlight. I'd met a lot of my now colleagues in in Dublin when they were over um, and I had used Spotlight all the time when I was in casting. So I really liked the company um, and I thought it would be a great place to work. Um, so I suppose it's if you know you'd like to work somewhere to, to go for it, don't wait for it to land. don't wait for a job to come up or yeah, don't wait for it to land on you. Just make contact and uh, get the ball rolling yourself and just ask the question or express your interest um which I suppose is the same for actors as well if there's a casting director they want they admire or they want to to be cast by or a director they want to work with make contact and introduce yourself yeah like I think a huge part of this industry is being proactive yeah you have to and you have to kind of almost create your own opportunities like if you want Mm -hmm. it enough then work like then put the work in for it um, I feel like that's a running theme in your life, just messaging Maureen and being yeah. like, hi, I'm here <laughs> yeah. now. I think let people know you're available yeah. when you are available um, or let them know you're interested because often people might think, oh, um, you know, Shauna works with so-and-so. She's there for life. She, she wouldn't want to work with us. So people aren't, aren't, might not come and contact you if they don't want to offend whoever you work with at the time or whatever. So yeah. I think just put it out there and let people know you know you're if you're on the move or you're thinking of making a change um, absolutely just to get the conversation started yeah especially since it is such a small industry like mm. and like casting associates move between casting directors that's yeah standard like but it's very unlikely that you're going to be approached by another casting director because they don't want to step on toes they don't want to upset exactly. someone so yeah. it is up to you to create those opportunities mm-hmm. and to open those doors for yourself because they're not going to just open on their own. Um, yeah. It's not how the world works, unfortunately. Nope, it isn't. No. So there is an abundance of information that we've just given you guys listening at home. Like rewind, listen to different parts of this again where Claire just gives you oodles of information um, and work on getting yourself on Spotlight. It's a really valuable tool. It's so so proactive it's so important that you're on it so build up those credits if you don't have the training now that shorts are recognized I think that's going to really help people um so 
keep working guys um claire thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy busy life to have a chat with us and to be on the podcast and guys as always i would ask you to please download rate follow us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen we're on most of the main streaming services and if you think that this conversation would benefit someone in terms of talking about spotlight or how you can work in the tv and film industry that isn't in those well-known roles of an actor casting agent casting director producer director there's so many other ways to get involved so send this on to someone let them listen to it let us know what you think and if you have any questions, you know, you can always reach out to us on Instagram at Take Two Actors Agency. And if you have any questions for Claire and you are struggling to get in contact with her, let me know and we will pass along the message. But thank you, Claire. We appreciate it. And we'll see you guys in season two. Very exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Thanks for having me, Shauna. It was great to talk to you. And um, one more tip I'd give to actors if they're not following spotlight ireland on twitter it's at spotlight underscore ie and um that's you know catered at irish actors and uh, irish productions and everything so it's really really relevant it's great great one to follow and interesting articles there as well so guys flick open twitter right now type in at spotlight underscore ie and click follow now thank you